here we go guys this is the very very first episode of the rags to kisses podcast this is crazy this is something that i've been wow i've been dreaming of for a minute um it's had different names uh, different iterations but here we go the first episode and it's really good. I'm so glad that I started YouTube, the YouTube channel first, Lazy Feed on YouTube. Um, this is, let's just call this the adult version, the adult segment of my very family-friendly uh, YouTube channel, which is all about building a community centered around wealth. Um, you guys can check that out on YouTube. And we're not on YouTube right now, but obviously go over there. That's my channel. Um, please subscribe and like and share and comment and all of that good stuff. But here we go to the the podcast, guys. Coach Sumo has a podcast. Let's see how everything goes. All right. I was doing some research about starting podcasts, obviously, and um, one of the things that really resonated with me, something that really stood out was how critical, how crucial the first episode um, is going to be. So I saw things like, you know, a lot of people use it as an introduction only um, what their podcast is going to be about. But the more successful podcasts get right into the subject matter for the podcast. Obviously, this podcast um, is kind of a fusion. It's a mixture of things. It's There's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of guests on this show. And um, we will be exploring the intersections, the inner workings the relationships between relationships and sex and wealth and building wealth and being healthy and looking good and, you know, having an Instagram body and the benefits of doing that. So um, my guests or people that call in may have different takes on things and they may uh, take a negative approach, but myself as someone who was not born with a silver spoon in my mouth and um you know i way before years so as a child i saw my quote unquote brand okay because each one of us are a brand as an individual whether we consider ourselves business people or or not there's so many things in life that are contractual okay from titles such as boyfriend and girlfriend a real contract such as husband and wife another real contract such as a divorce decree and all of these different things guys so whether you realize it or not whether you want to promote and market yourself the things that I speak about on my YouTube channel um you are a brand period okay and you know with that said Brands have different phases of success. You have highs, you have lows, 
And for myself, and I know I'm speaking for and to a lot of people out there in the world, um, as I got older, um, we're speaking as a child, okay? But as I grew into puberty and stuff like that, the chest started filling out, the arms started filling out. I was still broke, okay? I was still from a poor family. But um, I will say, you know, that um, I appreciate what God had done for me. So I was not a bad-looking kid, even though if my voice did squeak every now and then, okay? But, hey, that's puberty, so it is what it is. Um. I plan to speak to many different people from all walks of life, all races and everything. And it just so happens that in this very first episode, I had the opportunity um, at a recent speaking engagement. Uh, some of you will know that I am a public speaker as well. And... I had a conversation with a young lady, <clears throat> excuse me, and I, I I didn't really, okay, I didn't really know that I would have her on as my first guest, but when I met her, she looked yummy, okay, let's just keep it real, that's another thing that we're going to do on this channel, um, I said channel. See, that's the content creator. That's the YouTuber and me on this podcast, guys. Podcast, rags to kisses. Um, I knew that eventually I wanted her on the show. Any attractive ladies out there, attractive couples, attractive men, people that are financially successful, you are the people that I want to speak to. Any Anybody that's planning to get breast augmentation or a BBL or start working out or you're using steroids so that you can look good to be a fitness model or so that you can succeed on social media or on YouTube. I want to talk to you because these things can help other people. Your story may resonate with someone else. And when I was speaking with Gretchen, the young lady who this particular episode uh, is speaking about, um, let's just say she was fascinated by the fact that, um, let's, let's just keep it real, okay? I am uh, a hecto-millionaire, okay? So if you don't know what a hecto-millionaire is, um, it's basically someone that has surpassed the $100 million mark in personal net worth, personal wealth. Okay, guys, um, it's no big deal. If you invest, then it can happen to any of you. All right. And my particular investment was Bitcoin way back, way back in the day in 2011. Okay. Bought a handful of Bitcoin, diamond hands forever. I held on to those Bitcoin. Fast forward to 2021 and my situation is not too shabby, okay? With that said, uh, I was speaking to someone and she seemed fascinated about that, okay? Which I would be as well. I mean, obviously, that's an interesting topic and um, it's a true rags to 
Rich's story for myself, despite the fact that I am a businessman and I do hold several businesses. But nothing, nothing, nothing compared to my cryptocurrency bitfall, okay? Uh, bitfall, windfall. Cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, <laughs> witfall, wit, bit, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, windfall. Slow down, coach. See, as a public speaker, I thought that this podcasting thing would be simple. I'm really, really, I feel out of my element right now speaking this way. I suppose it'll be a little bit different when I have guests, but I want to wait until I get a few episodes put together. I don't need any uh, guests coming on and uh, making me look bad because they're so much better on the microphone than I am. But at any rate, um, when I spoke with Gretchen, I could tell. Now, sometimes when we meet people, um, they either just don't want to be bothered or they are busy or they don't have time or they're in a relationship, you know, you can tell when somebody's being standoffish or giving you the cold shoulder, right? Uh, likewise, if you are observant, you can tell when somebody is interested in being your friend or really talking to you. You can look at body language. Are they facing you? Are they smiling? Is the eye contact there? You can tell these things. You pay attention. All of the answers and signs are there. Well, this person, she all but gave me her panties right in public. And that's not me being arrogant. That's not me being presumptuous. She really was Vested, okay? I guess that's a good word. She was all in and ready to go. But I could tell that something was... What's a good way to put it? Um, something was bothering her. She was preoccupied with other thoughts that didn't have anything to do with where we were or our particular dialogue that was going on. And, um, you know, one of the things that I say on my YouTube channel, as I'm trying to encourage people to pursue wealth and to do the things, assume, adopt this, 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 this millionaire mindset. One of the things that you have to do is you have to be curious. Now, some of us are born that way. Okay. So it's natural. Uh, if, you're not someone that was born that way, then you definitely want to try to work on adding this to who you are, okay? This is a very valuable behavior when it comes to building wealth, being successful, and promoting yourself, so on and so forth. You need to want to know what's going on. Okay, so you can you can you can research and you can read and you can listen, but you need to want to know what's going on. And you know, I have definitely 
been subscribing <laughs> to that belief for a very long time. And, you know, it's okay. Like adult to adult, you know, you don't want to be too out there or too, uh, you know, too brash or abrupt, but it's okay to, if you can sense something is wrong with someone, it's okay to ask that person what's wrong. And that's exactly what I did with Gretchen. And her exact response to me was, wow, I could eat you alive, Coach Sumo. But a year ago, okay, pre-COVID, all of my life, from a child, I was born to hate and despise blacks and Latinos. And I was like, wow. Clearly, right now, as I'm speaking to you, my eyebrows are raised. And um, it was a, an eye-raising experience because I'm like, okay, maybe I am being a little arrogant, right? Because the vibe that I got from her was like, listen, we can go. We can get a hotel room and we can take care of this right now, coach. Like, whatever. I don't even know. You need to know your real name. I know you weren't born Coach Sumo, right? So I'm thinking, okay, so I need to calm down. I definitely got a bad vibe. But is it the money? Is it my my net worth, my financial situation that's making her apologize? Is there something that, you know, she needs help from me, you know, pertaining to a business or, or, or something like that. So I was really confused. And, <laughs> excuse me, she asked if we could step outside of the venue where we were. And, um, you know, I agreed. At this point, I figured, hey, you know, she's not going to pull me in the woods, in the bushes, and rape me because... Hey, I'm a black Latino, right? So <laughs> she hates me, so I'm good. At least I know I'm not going to get raped, okay? So, you know, we went out and we talked and um, she started to tell me her story. And she said that, you know, she reiterated outside and we were away from other people and, you know, the noise levels were a little better. She reiterated that she... Um, she indeed was like a staunch racist, like, you know, like she was one of those, um, although she's, you know, she's from the north, um, uh, northeast. So she, you know, she's it's not a southern thing or anything like that. She's um, very well educated. University of Pennsylvania, um, which is an Ivy League school, um, which I know it doesn't mean anything like you. You know, OK, that doesn't mean you can't be racist, coach. I understand that. But the vibe, you know, her upbringing, like when she explained her upbringing to me, it seemed like I don't know, like. Like, you know, I mean, I, I you can never tell you can't judge a book by its cover. So I don't know. You know, maybe I was just geeking that day, um, tripping that day. And I just was not reading her right, but I was getting a lot of love at the venue. So, you know, I perhaps my radar was off, okay? My, you know, my racist radar, all right? Maybe it was just off a little bit because typically when people find that you're pretty well off financially, 
then they kind of put their racist feelings on the back burner a little bit. At least they don't demonstrate them or exhibit them in your particular presence, even though everyone around you may still get that vibe. But um, she actually said that during COVID, her boyfriend, who is a very, very high net worth individual. What do I mean by very high net worth? Um, the way she explains it, I'm a poor guy, okay, by comparison. So not only was she really attracted to her boyfriend um, and this person she's still with, by the way, I should add that as I continue with her story, but, you know, she... She was also infatuated with his with his his wealth. Now she came from an upper middle class family, but um, you know this guy apparently is living the life of a sultan. All right, so um, not that he's a sultan, but he's living that lifestyle. Okay, like some Arabian oil magnate or something like that. The way she describes it, and you know she said while they were sheltered in place like all of us were, the whole world during COVID. Um, regular sexual activity. She said it didn't get boring. They had great, you know, great sex. But because they had more time together, neither one of them had to be beholden to their schedules and work and travel and all those other things. It was just them, just the two of them. Um, in the home that they shared together, they got more and more inquisitive. And um, like I believe most couples should do, and they don't, and I hope that they discover rags to kisses and learn that it's okay. Um, they wanted to spice things up. Hey, like we don't know how long we're going to be stuck here. None of us knew how long the pandemic was going to last. And most of us were just glad to wake up another day without having any symptoms or contracting the virus, right? So they were no different. And they had dabbled early in their relationship in having uh, a threesome um, with another uh, wealthy individual, uh, one of his, uh, his, as in her boyfriend's, male friends. And that went well. And it's something that she discovered, hmm, uh, this isn't a bad thing, okay? So it's just that as, you know, just life. Life took over and they never had that experience again. And they discussed during COVID, hey, you know, let's, uh, you know, wh wh why don't we try this again? but we'll do it a little differently. Not her words, not Gretchen's words, but her boyfriend's words. And he was like, I guess what they saw on Pornhub or wherever they were, you know, getting ideas from was blindfolding the female, the woman in the relationship, the wife, the girlfriend, the partner, and leaving that blindfold on for the entire experience. And, I mean, that actually, um, it's kind of early right now, 
that's waking me up <laughs> right now. It's not, you know, it's definitely not a bad idea. Um, I would like to hear from you guys um, to see what you think about, you know, about that, uh, about, you know, having an experience with your partner, somebody that you care about and that you love and that you trust. First of all, trust, okay, because you're going to have them bringing in a stranger that's blindfolded. Now, Gretchen had no other thing that she could think of but to assume that the person from three years previous when they had a threesome, that this was the person. So she asked her boyfriend, hey, is this, you know, let's just call the guy Ken. Is this Ken? And her boyfriend laughed and he said, it is not Ken. But because he laughed and the way that he hesitated, Gretchen just assumed that, okay, it's Ken, it's all good, whatever, I don't care. Um, now, it was so exciting the first time out. What she did realize is that I wouldn't remember. She couldn't even remember. She she would know Ken on the street. It's her boyfriend's friend, but she couldn't remember how tall he was. She couldn't even remember his eye color. She couldn't remember his penis size. She could all she knew is that two men were entertaining her. Okay, to keep this kind of PG, uh, were entertaining her at the same time, and she freaking loved it. Okay, that's all she could remember. So her hormones were bursting. You know, if you ever seen the commercial with the the rainbow and it's like Skittles. You know, that's kind of how she was explaining. Like, she could not wait. And they were four days after they discussed it. They set up something for four days later. Everybody would get tested and so on and so forth. But um, the boyfriend and his friend are already uh, in a business together. They own a restaurant together. So although the restaurant was suffering because of COVID, the two of them still spent time together. And because Gretchen thought that it was the the friend, Ken's friend from the past, her boyfriend, Ken, just decided, hey, when we go through and get tested and all of that to make sure this is safe for everybody and we're not trying to be in here having a threesome with masks on, right? He went ahead and asked Ken to get tested with them and all of that. So then Gretchen knew. She knew that she was right. And this was brilliant of Ken to do that so that the experience could even be that much greater. What she didn't know about Ken's past is that Ken, they never discussed racial issues okay but the friend that Ken had is you know was somebody who was not let's just say representative of his friendship base if you did a, a cross-section of his friends the majority of his friends were black and Latino now, Gretchen didn't know that, but Ken used to be a breakdancer, and he's from New York. He's from Brooklyn, 
so on and so forth. And that shaped and molded who he was as an individual. Obviously, he got money. He moved away. And, you know, he's still a white guy. You know, he, he's a, a wealthy, an extremely wealthy white guy. So, you know, this is, she just assumed because being raised as a racist, she just assumed that all white people thought like she did. And all white people felt like her parents did when they taught her all the negative things that they taught her about people of color. So she never in her wildest dreams even would have imagined that whoever can brought into their situation, their bedroom, she never imagined that it would be anything other than a, a white European person. And that made her extremely comfortable. So Gretchen... She's telling me, and it's really strange because the story, as she's recanting her story, she's telling me her story. She's excited. But on the other hand, there's almost, I was getting almost like a, how can I put this? Like an apologetic vibe. Like I'm telling you my story, but please don't judge me. So she didn't say I'm no longer a racist, but her mood, her demeanor was saying, this is who I was, but I'm not this anymore. But, you know, I wasn't sure. I'm, I'm, and now in hindsight, this is what I'm saying that I felt like she was doing. I ultimately found out, you know, that I was, that it was, you know, even more than that, as you'll see, as as I as I continue um, my story, my experience with Gretchen. But it was at that moment that I asked Gretchen. I told Gretchen about Rags to Kisses, and I told her um, I have not even, you know, I haven't found a host yet. I'm still learning about how to do a podcast. Um, but um, please, I'm always plugging, guys, okay, so always plug your businesses and what you do. Uh, I'm a public figure. So I'm like, you know, here's my card. And my card is there. Hey, it's CoachSumo.com. And, you know, so, you know, I did all of these things. And she, we were talking and she was looking at the same time. And she's like, I don't see anything about, you know, um, a podcast. And I had the name. I knew what I wanted the name to be, but I told her I haven't done anything. I don't even know how to do a podcast. I have no idea, you know, but I will figure it out. But your story is intriguing me. And I just really think that the audience that I'm trying to build might want to hear your story. And she says like, well, you know, uh, it can get kind of explicit. And I'm like, well, you know, I can clean it up, but... These are the types of things that I want to discuss. These are the topics. And I told her a little bit about the podcast. She was like, okay, that sounds really cool. Count me in as a subscriber or a listener. And she agreed. And then I, at that point, uh, took out my phone and I started to record the remainder of our conversation and... For, you know, the only thing is that 
she asked if I could not use her real name and not use her likeness. Okay, she didn't want to do any videos. I told her I wanted my podcast to be on YouTube as well on another channel. I wanted to start a new channel. And then she apologized. But she's like, she doesn't want her family to know. She feels like she would be disowned um, because her family is not cool. Okay, not cool with with anybody in the family, children, having close relationships with people of color. And I could see the fear in her eyes. So I knew she wasn't just giving me some 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 bull crap, okay? Um, so, of course, I agreed. Um, you know, sometimes you, as a journalist or, um, you know, a podcaster or a vlogger or a blogger, you, you, you take what you can get. And sometimes people have lines that they don't, do not want you to cross. And you want to respect that, okay, in order to succeed. But at any rate, let's jump over the juicy parts, which I don't want to make this podcast really explicit. But in her words, it was one of the greatest things that ever happened to her in her life. She only compared it to meeting her boyfriend and getting an, an opportunity to live the lifestyle that she wanted to live. She was fine. She was a college graduate, you know, 80, I think she said $89,000 a year um, as a job. Um, wherever you live, that may be a lot of money. Um, I'm located in the DMV, okay, DC, Maryland, Virginia area. $89,000 a year is pretty much, uh, let's see, let's keep it honest without exaggerating. Coach Sumo, come on. Uh, it's $89,000 a year is pretty much minimum wage, okay? The cost of living here is ridiculous. Everything is overpriced. So $89,000 a year is pretty much minimum wage. And, um, you know, she recognized that, all right? People with who are earning in that $100,000 a year range, they do understand that $100,000 a year is not what it sounds like. All right. That's nothing in the DMV. So. She didn't necessarily set out to meet a rich, rich guy, but she did. Set out not to meet a rich guy. OK. And if it sounds like I'm confused or I'm trying to confuse you, I'm not. All right. She just knew she didn't want mediocre she didn't want regular. She wasn't looking for somebody who was the most attractive or the sexiest, who had the best, the best game, um, the best rap, um, the best pitch. She it, it, that was not her thing. She was fine being an independent woman in her twenties who was educated and successful and could at least maintain the lifestyle that she was able to live. But she felt like she deserved more. And, you know, these are the types of things that we're going to address on this podcast. Okay. In this episode and others, we'll reach out. We will, we will, we will delve into different topics and subject matter to keep things interesting. And I'll have different people on the show, but is it okay? I believe that it is. Okay. 
Is it okay to wait or to say you're looking for this type of guy? Okay, so in high school, I know there were some girls that were like, you know, I'm on the shorter side, okay? So, you know, short guys would have conversations about girls who in elementary school, they hadn't filled out yet. But now in high school, we were like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, you know, she's a woman now, right? And, but some of those people, some of those girls, you know, women mature faster, females mature, mature faster, I'm sorry. And, you know, they were taller than us, a lot of us, and now they were interested in tall guys. Now, in, in my opinion, that can be perceived um, as, as a bit superficial because um, you can have a tall guy. You can be with somebody who's tall enough to play basketball or they're over six foot or six two or six four or whatever, six or seven. And you could still have a miserable relationship and a miserable life and a miserable sex life. But if you pursue the things that really matter, okay, and you know, listen, I'm not going to date anybody, but I will still, you know, I, I, I will still evaluate the people that I meet as I date, but I will make one of the must-haves, I will make one of those things a huge bank account, somebody that's financially successful. And, you know, I'd like to hear from everyone. I'm sure we'll get into this topic over and over again and hear different views about it. But, um, you know, is it okay? Is it okay to feel that way? That you at least want to be with someone that you are financially stable with? And considering, let me just throw this in here. I'm not a therapist or anything like that. But let me just throw in that the majority of divorces, the majority of breakups, so people that aren't even married, happen because of finances, because of a lack of money. Okay? That's another reason why I started this podcast in this way, because of these types of arguments, these types of conversations that are out there. At any rate, let's get back to Gretchen. Let's get back into Gretchen and Ken's bedroom. And let's get back to that blindfold that Gretchen has on and this stranger that comes in. Gretchen described the person this way. He was gentle. When a woman says you're gentle, they are also saying that you appear to be respectful. Gretchen couldn't see, but of course you have your tactile senses, meaning your sense of touch. So the person put their hands on her shoulders and started caressing her shoulders in a downward motion from her shoulders down the sides of her arm. She said that he would come back up. He would bring his fingers in to her, her tummy area and come back up. And with a lifting motion... He would gently lift her breasts, and she said that it was his, she could tell that he had strong hands, but it was the way that he touched her deliberately, so he wasn't being passive in her, opin in her opinion, but he wasn't being 
He wasn't trying to be thuggish or trying to hurt her or prove a point as if, you know, you're about to get into some really rough sex that you may or may not like. And it's clear the person obviously was cognizant or aware of the fact that she's blindfolded. So let me, whoever I am sexually, let me pace myself. And she appreciated that. And she had, you know, she has things that she looks for. In her mind, she feels like black guys and Latino guys are all blue collar workers and they don't cut their nails and their hands are filthy and they have dirt under their nails. And, you know, this is these are her thoughts. This is what she says that when she looks at people out in the street in her day to day. She's like, this is one of the things she cannot find a black man or a Latino man, a Hispanic man, sexually attractive, even if she wasn't racist. You know, I kind of, you know, disagree. I don't think that you can take yourself out and say, if I wasn't racist, I think that being racist is going to dictate how you feel, period. But, you know, these are Gretchen's words. So, you know, I let her speak she said that she said that and i hear this from a lot of women okay um she doesn't want dirty hands touching her and especially trying to enter certain parts of her body okay her goodies all right and that's understandable so she said she felt the guy's hands on one of the times that he was coming up, you know, that tingling, you know, tingling sensation, she said, was going up her spine and she could feel herself getting wet. She could feel herself. She was in to it. And this was the final step because she figured he's touching me above my waist. Next, he's going to touch me below my waist. I can't see who this is. Let me check his nails. And she grabbed his hands and she said that she used her index finger and her thumb and her middle finger and she checked every nail and it felt she couldn't obviously tell what they looked like or if there was any dirt under the nails. But it turned her on that she felt strong, rugged hands, something that she likes. OK, some women may like it and some women don't. Gretchen liked the strong hand feeling very masculine to her, but she did not feel any nails. She didn't feel any hangnails. She could tell that the nails were trimmed and very well groomed. And at that point, that was the last thing she needed. She figured everybody was tested and everything was good. And she just basically was all in at that point. And we will fast forward about but she said about 50 minutes that she can recall that the whole thing lasted and she said that she had you know never in her life had multiple orgasms and on this particular night she had three and you know it was with the guest so her and Ken her and her boyfriend had discussed listen if you like something if you like it, here's a sign. Okay? So, you know, give me this little sign. If you don't like something, do this. 
And if you want to continue whatever with the guy, it's perfectly fine with me. I'm going to be turned on if I see you turned on. So don't think you have to take turns and be with two guys or anything like that. And, you know, she knew that she could trust Ken. They didn't have to deal with the jealousy thing. And once she started experiencing this guy, she really, she, as she said it to me, um, you know, I'm with Ken all the time. And when the guy left, Ken and I could have been together and we were together and we could be together tomorrow and the next day and the next day. So, um, and, and, you know, and that wasn't the whole reason. She really was like, okay, this person is putting it on my soul. Like my body is happy, but my soul is like, oh, okay. I have no idea. My first time singing on a podcast in my first podcast, but um, it was a great, great experience. Now, let's finish the sexual part. Ken guides her into the bathroom, closes the door, turns the light on, pulls her blindfold up, and just simply asks her, how was it? And she's shaking and her knees are knocking and trembling and she can barely sit up. She says she sat on side the tub and she was like, oh, my effing goodness. Like, thank you. She said she actually thanked her boyfriend. She thanked Ken. Like, like, I don't know, like, who you got, but that was cool. And then Ken asked if she wanted to meet the person. And then she said that she said, is it necessary? And she's like, well, you know, it's cool if we, you know, hang out. We can watch Netflix and we can, you know, get something to eat. But if you liked it, then we could invite, you know, it's safer if we're going to have partners, if we're going to live this lifestyle, it's safer to bring somebody who's going to be around, you know, that, you know, if, if they're going to be around that it's the same person. Like we don't have to jump to other people if we find somebody that, that we like. And she was like, you're exactly right. It's cool. Um, what do I do? I'm nervous. It's like nothing. Just go out. And we're going to talk about, you know, what we want to eat and order some food or whatever. Just, you know, just, you know, be yourself. And, you know, who knows? Maybe later something else will pop off. Maybe something will happen later. And then she was like, when he said that, she hadn't really thought of that. But she is like, okay. That's a reason to have the person stay like because if we can go through that again, she didn't know if she had any more orgasms in her. OK, but she's like, it's going to be fun at any rate. So gets herself together. She takes a little shower and, you know, uh, while she's taking her shower, Ken is already out in the bedroom and she comes out and she's like her heart sank. Not because she sees this attractive black guy, dark-skinned black guy, as she describes it. She wasn't angry. She wasn't overly shocked that it was a black guy that Ken had brought. She said instantly, like it was instantaneous. She felt like I must be the most ignorant person on the planet 
So although she knew that person didn't know that she was a racist, she felt like he could sense it or that he had some kind of black radar, right? Some kind of radar that, that would let her, you know him know, like, wait a minute, I just had sex with a racist white woman, right? And she said she just felt bad because at that moment, all, everything, her entire life flashed in you know, before her eyes, like as if, you know, how people describe when they die. And I'm like, wow, like it was like that? Like, is that really that serious? And she said, yes, she didn't think to get angry with Ken. She didn't think to turn around. She didn't think not to get back into the bed. All she thought was, like, really, like all of these black guys, and Latino guys that have hit on me in my life. Because like I said, she's an, she's, she's an attractive girl. She really, really is an attractive woman. And she just felt bad. She felt, she felt really bad. Like she was tearing up as she was telling me this part of the story. And my question to you guys is, what do you think? You know, because that experience, it changed her. You know, she's like, you know, even the next day, like there was little thought about it. She just decided, you know what, I'm going to make some black friends, as in females as well, and other males. Um, she's like, you know, her and Ken have since since had an experience with a couple. And it's a black couple from a female that she worked with. So you guys can have whatever opinions that you want about having threesomes and 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 and, and you know sexual relationships with other people and more than just you and him or you and her or whatever the situation, however you feel, that's great. To each his own, everybody has to live in a way that suits them and makes them happy as long as they're not hurting other people. And if they're hurting somebody's feelings because they're part of the LGBTQI whatever community or because they're into this or because they're pansexual or because they... Listen, who cares, okay? Everybody deserves to live the life that makes them happy. The point is, is that... There is one less racist person, and you might say, well, that's only one. But for somebody like me, it's important. One less racist person because of that experience, and it may not have ever happened otherwise. And I just want to know, do you think, like, if there was some kind of, like, you know, alternate universe, would it be a good idea, right, if, you know, you could be evaluated and tested and assessed to see if you were racist or not. And if you were, then you were put into this program on, on an island and you were, you know, repeatedly exposed to just really good sex with people of your own race, right? And you got used to doing that blindfolded and then you were, the blindfold was taken off and whatever your idea of the most attractive you know, sexiest male or female or whatever the case is, was that's who would be sitting in front of you, butt naked, right? And smiling like, hey, how was that? <laughs> you know, like, 
So you, your mind is, okay, this is, this is what this island is about. This is cool. Like I'm going to, hey, I love sex. I'm going to keep doing this. And then on one day it happens. And when you take the blindfold off, the person is of the race that you have issues with, that you're racist against. And I don't know. I think if nothing else, I think it would make for a great movie. It would be interesting. It does, you know, ask a lot of questions. Um, and I want to know what you guys think. At any rate, um, we're about 48 minutes in. I have no idea even how long these podcasts should be. So I don't know. YouTube, I try to stay under 30 minutes. But please subscribe, guys. And um, um, this is the end of episode one. My name is Coach Sumo. You can find out more about me. Um, at itscoachsumo.com. That's I-T-S-C-O-A-C-H-S-U-M-O.com. And you can find out more about the podcast at its website, which is rags2kisses.com. I appreciate you guys listening. We will speak again in the next episode. How do you even end a podcast? See, this is my first time. So hopefully I'll get it right in a few more episodes. Stay healthy. Stay wealthy. Stay happy.